Who doesn't love a chilled glass of rosé on a hot summer day? I talk with one of Provence's most intriguing producers in this episode of The Honest Poor. Welcome to The Honest Pour with John Lennart, where we go beyond the bottle to connect you with the people and places that make each wine so unique. Summertime is approaching, and it's time to start popping that summertime favorite, rosé. Light and fruity, with the acidity to stand up to food, but some can become characterless. Not so when it comes to the wines of Chateau Gassier in the Saint-Vitois region of Provence in France. Hi, I'm John Lennart, and joining me today is Olivier Souvelin, President and General Manager of Chateau Gassier in Provence. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How did you get into the wine business? Oh, it was uh, just after uh, my school, uh, business school. Uh, I uh, My dream was to work around the wine, the French wine activity. And uh, I learned everything about the wine in Burgundy during my first job. I was uh, 21, 22. And I learned in a very small vineyard in Moray Saint-Denis. And uh, the, all the owner of the vineyards explained to me all during the harvest, during the vinification. And uh, I stay 15 years in Burgundy. So I learned everything about wine in Burgundy. And growing up, was wine part of your house, part of the family life? My grandfather was a, he owned a shop of grocery, you know, he sold wine, the name in France. It's a very old name was Félix Potin. Maybe my grandfather, my father liked wine. And uh, in my mind, it, since uh, I was uh, very young, I always uh, think about French product, wine and food. So it was wine. And uh, during, uh, no, I'm 48. So the story begins in, I was 21. So <laughs> And what took you, so you, you, you got into the wine business after school? And you were in, in, in Burgundy. What took you to Provence? Alors, between Burgundy and Provence, I stayed 15 years in Burgundy. So I realized the production of wine. And after 15 years in Burgundy, I have a choice to go to Paris to manage a distribution wine company. So for me, it was a new challenge because it was after business school production part, but not distribution part. So I managed a company in Paris uh, eight years ago. Uh, a, a big distributor with sold wine only for hotels and restaurants uh, with a, a lot of foreign wine. And then we call in France New World Wine. So California, Chile, Argentina, uh, and a lot of Italian wine. Uh, so I managed this company with uh, 80 people. It was a really big company. And uh, after eight years, uh, an opportunity to change life with my wife and children and to go to the south of France. As you know, the south of France is a, really a dream for a lot of people. And I confirm, it's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad place to live. And uh, I uh, I'm, I arrived in Provence in 2010 and managed the estate of Gassier. Just in the same time, the Provence category grew a lot, a lot, because, you know, Provence is very new. Uh, as we said in Burgundy, you can say on the label since uh, 1850. In Provence, when you say it since uh, 1960 or 1970, it's a very old story for Provence. So we grow, we grow a lot. We decide a lot of investment on the vineyards. We replant a lot. We change for organic production, and uh, we sell a lot of wine in a lot of country. Provence being a, a fairly new wine region for France, tell me a little bit about the history of uh, Chateau Gassier. 
Chateau Gassier was uh, created by the Gassier family. They own, uh, they moved to Vanyards in 1961. Uh, the Gassier family is a family from Provence because uh, the yeah. owner, uh, the father Gassier, whose name is Anthony Gassier, comes from uh, South French Alps. Uh, so they booked uh, Chateau Gassier in 1961 uh, and uh, they created Chateau Gassier. So now uh, we booked Vanyards in 2005. And we work with George, George Gassier, with the son to Anthony. And, uh, George work in my team is uh, responsible of the vineyard. And we decide together, for example, uh, harvest, we decide replantation, we decide, uh, which grape we use. And, uh, so we work together with the Gassier family. When you arrived, that was sort of the beginning of the organic, uh, uh farming. No, yeah. No. We change, we change a lot of things, uh, with my, ar- arrival uh, and we decide uh, to invest a lot in the vineyards so we replant more than uh, 18 hectares our aim is to produce only uh, 40, 40 hectares it means 100 acres uh, our aim is to produce only saint victoire wine so maybe we will discuss af- after about mm-hmm. saint victoire with the rules of saint victoire but just to know to produce saint victoire you need to have in your vineyard minimum 50% grenache and or shiraz so we decide to replant Grenache and Shiraz. Plan your vine is 45, 50, 55, depending on the where. But in Provence, 55, 60, you, you have to change because you need uh, juice to produce rosé. Uh, if you want to produce a great red wine, you, you ask to your vine to produce 20 or 25 hectoliters. Yes, okay. If you want to produce a great rosé wine, it's impossible to produce rosé with only a, a low, a very small volume. So you need to have vine in a very, very strong. So it means uh, during the four, 30 or 40 years, it's very good. So we replant a lot and we decide in 2011 to change for organic production. Just because we are convinced in the future. Today, when, when we said organic, people said, oh, why are you organic? We are convinced and in the future, people will say, oh, why are you conventional? <laughs> Because organic in Provence, it's normal. We have the weather. We have after the, after the, after the rain, we have the wind, Mistral, called Mistral. So it's not easy to produce organic because there is a lot of rules and a lot of, you, you lose a lot of volume at the beginning. But we are sure in the future, maybe, I don't know when, but maybe five, ten years, for all the vineyard from the south of France, it will be, uh, natural to produce organic. Sure. Because uh, because it's a it's a way of the story, you know. Have you seen uh, a change in the vineyards yes. since the beginning yes. of organic crazy. farming? What, what what have you seen? What's what's different now? It's crazy because uh, you consider you have a vineyard uh, follow since forty years with a conventional agriculture. So conventional, you put a lot of product, you know, and you you give uh, food to your vine. So it's easy. It's like a baby if you want. Uh, if you're hungry, you say, ah, we put the, the food in your mouth. It's a, you're happy. Uh, when it's the same for the vineyard, um, the vine, uh, it's easy. So the roots stay at the, just at the level of the soil because they receive some food direct, you know, when you decide to, to change for organic, the first thing you do is you put grass around, uh, in the, in the vineyard, every three, I don't know the term, every three rows, you put grass uh, to give uh, some hazard and to permit 
after the rain to go with the tractor in the vineyard. If you have only, uh, only soil, normal soil, if it's raining, your tractor, uh, compress the soil and it's not good. When you put grass, you have to, to, to work your soil. And when you work the soil like that, you cut all the roots, superficial roots. So during the two or three years, you see the volume going down and your, your vine uh, take time to find a new strategy. And the new strategy is to going down because you stop to give, uh, food sure. just at the surface of the soil. So during it's a, it's one of the reasons. It's not only one reason, but it's one of the reasons why we decrease a lot with volume around 25% during the first three or four years. It's one of the reasons before to become organic, to put the label, the, the logo organic in the label, the law asks you to wait four years, okay? Just to clean the soil during four years because it's not normal if you are conventional this year to be organic next year. You know, it's a, if you take a antibiotic for your, for your health, it's the same. You have to take time to, to wait till it gets into wait. the system. So yes, change about volume. Uh, change because with organic, you have to work a lot by hand when you plant one vineyard during the three, four, five years that we call new, new vine. It's impossible to go with a chemical product. So you have to, I don't know the term when you have bad herbs in your, in your near the, the vine, you have to cut by hand, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's different. And the big difference for us is when you are organic, you need to study your vineyard. When it's conventional, okay, it's raining, product. It's uh, like that. But after a long time, it's it's not a reflection. It's a uh, it's automatic. When you are organic, every time you need to observe, to ask why. You know, so it's it's a change. yet. big big change. Terrific. Where exactly in Provence is Chateau Gasset located? In the Saint Victor Valley, it means, uh, if you consider Aix-en-Provence, we are just 15 minutes on the east of Aix-en-Provence, uh, 35 minutes to the northeast of Marseille, and just at the foothill of the Saint Victor mountain, uh, well, beautiful mountain painting by Paul Cézanne, more than 73, 74 times different view of the Saint Victor mountain. You, you were talking a little bit earlier about uh, Saint Victoire has um, some specific rules regarding uh, 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 their vineyards. What are those rules? Uh, Saint Victoire um, is a valley. It's between Aix-en-Provence and a small village of Pourcieux. It's fifteen kilometers, like that, and three kilometers north to south. So it's very small. In two thousand five, we obtained from the French authority the term of cru. Saint Victoire, it's a, that we call in France, terroir denomination. There is four terroir denomination in Provence. You have the first was Saint Victoire and Lalonde near the sea. Fréjus, Fréjus, it's Saint Raphael. And the last one, last, uh, two years ago was Pierrefeu. Pierrefeu is a, the big valley uh, between, uh, n- n- b- before uh, Toulon, before year. Uh, Saint Victoire terroir, uh, French after 10 years of working by the, Saint Victoire viticulturist, we ask to the French authority to recognize that all rosé, our rosé de Provence, no problem, 
but our terroir is very specific and we produce specific wine. And the, is the, if there is a common point on, for all the Saint Victoire wines, it's wine for gastronomy. It's more full-bodied wine, more structured wine than classic wine from Provence. It's different reason because it's a valley, because uh, valley is in altitude. It's not Bordeaux or Toulon near the sea. We are around 350 meters above the sea. So it's not mountain, but it's permit to have low cold night, hot day cold night. It means a beautiful uh, effect for the vineyard, for the acidity and for sugar in the grapes. Uh, you may have during the harvest, you may have, we, we harvest by night between 4 and 8 a.m. when the temperature is the coldest. And you may have more than in Celsius, uh, 15 or 18 degrees difference between 4 a.m. and 12 uh, or 1 p.m., you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a huge difference. And a, a cold night permit to the vine to, to have a specificity. We use, so, uh, as I said, 50% minimum, minimum Drainage and or Shiraz, and we, re- we reduce volume. Uh, the maximum uh, authorized by the the law is fifty hectoliters per hectare. If you consider Provence normal Provence, it's fifty five. What other grape varieties are you growing? Uh, the most important, like in everywhere in Provence, are Grenache, Shiraz, Sanso for the three most importance. In our case, we we use more and more Vermentino that we call Orol in Provence, R O L L E. Uh, we use, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, not, mo- no more than 5%. Uh, sometimes Carignan. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh Mourverde. In all estate fruit, you grow all your own fruit. For Chateau Gassier, it's only, if, if, if you put on your label Chateau, it means it's from your own vineyard. We buy grapes for the Esprit Gassier, but we buy grapes around us in the Saint Victor Valley to keep the same style. The same spirit, like Esprit, spirit of Gassier. Rosés from Provence are often looked at as inexpensive, easy drinking, not always incredibly dynamic wines, but they're inexpensive and fun to drink. What are you doing to separate your brand out from that stereotype? The specificity for my part of Gassier, as I say to every day to all the team and all the customer I met, is to keep quality. because. It's, it's very easy to say. <laughs> and everybody will say the same. I agree. But, uh, we can say when you have a market with, uh, a growth like 50% per year, the danger, the, it's dangerous for the future because it's so easy that people could put in the bottle everything from Provence, but not the best quality because if the market is easy, if you can find a distributor, importator, very easy. I think for the next five or six years, the difference will be around the quality. When we when we taste a lot of brand on the market, we are sure that in US, like everywhere, the top quality require the top at- the top attention because if you want to keep the growth on the market, you have to be very prudent and honest with the quality. Rosé has seen this crazy growth over the past. Six, seven years in the U.S. You know, it used to be rosé was in, in, in the American consumer's mind, uh, white Zinfandel. Little sweet, real simple, super cheap. You know, you're the wine your aunt would drink. Um, but you know, I'm very optimistic, but because when you consider the market share 
of rosé in US. Not not for Provence. For rosé, in my mind, I think it's less than three or four percent. But yeah, it's completely changed now. It used to be so. Then then a couple of years back, rosé became very trendy in the summertime. It's a summertime wine, great for summertime. And then now, as of like the last year, year and a half, we're hearing oh, rosé all year round. Yes, which must make you happy. Sure, <laughs> sure. But the market share of rosé is very low in US, and the market share of the Provence wine in the category of rosé is less than one percent. I can say Chicago, where we are. I visit yesterday some account shop restaurant. There is no Provence rosé in my mind. I think I will find in Chicago like uh, Manhattan or like uh, Boston. but And we taste with consumer and people don't know. They know the name, but they never taste. Yesterday, they said it's the first time. It's beautiful. So I am very optimistic for the future because there is, for example, Chicago, there is uh, there is an avenue yeah. be, be in front of us to create something new. You know, a trend. Uh, uh, you have to consider in France, 15 years ago, the market share of rosé was less than 10%. Today, it's 33% of rosé, not for Provence. Provence is 40% in this market share. Uh, so what, 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 what types of wines does uh, Chateau Cassé produce? What wines do you produce? Three wines. <laughs> Three wines. We, it's one of our strategy is to put wine for each category of or each uh, moment of consumption. It means the first one is Esprit Gassier. It's the key entry level because it's a lot of nose, a lot of flower, white flower, uh, pineapple, uh, mango. Uh, and with this wine, the category is retail is 18. Uh, so it's just the entry level of the category. And with this wine, you can understand what is the Gassier spirit. Because as I said, we are in San Victor Valley and in San Victor Valley, we produce different rosé with more structure, more gastronomic wine. So it's very easy to drink for aperitif, for easy, easy lunch, easy dinner. After we offer to the US market or, uh, estate, uh, vineyard, estate vineyard, let's say, mm -hmm. with, um, le pas du moine, who means the path of the monk. Why the path of the monk? Because it's a very strange name. At the top of the mountain, behind, on the north face, you have a monasterio, old monasterio, and where the monk from Aix-en-Provence climb the mountain to go to the monasterio, they, 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 they walk on a trail, and the trail named today is the path of the monk, because uh, the trail where the monk goes. Does that lead out of the Chateau Cassé vineyard? It's just here, and the trail is behind. Right out of the vineyard. And you go Oh, terrific. Up. And when you arrive at the top of the mountain, you have a big cross whose name is Cross Croix de Provence. And the altitude of the cross is 946 meters. So it's the last wine we propose is 946. So the story is you want to climb the mountain. You take two bottles in a bag. One is the path of the monk. And when you arrive at the top of the mountain, you can drink the top of a range with 946. Sounds like a pretty good afternoon. <laughs> That's great. It um, would be maybe it's dangerous. To go down. Go down, right, yeah. <laughs> Before we taste, tell me a little bit about the vinification process. I know I read that uh, you do bladder press, no to... Like all the Provence rosé, 99% is a pellicular maceration. Uh, we invest in 2011 in a very specific press machine. You have the press machine and you have a big bag. And when, when we press the grapes, we, we inject inside the press machine this neutral gas. We, we push the oxygen outside, neutral gas. And when the grapes open inside the press machine, 
it's totally safe of oxygen. It means it permits to keep safe from oxidation the juice. And for rosé, if you want to obtain beautiful color and wine, it's very important. So it helps extract the color but keep the wine fresh. Sure. So specific press machine, uh, we use uh, a lot that we call uh, with a specific stainless steel tank with a lot of cold. We use and we call debourbage. It means we put the wine in this tank during five, seven, eight days to minus one or two. So permits to the lees to go down. Mm-hmm and to blend with the list to extract a lot of flavor. And uh, so it's a normal process for us. For 946, it's different. The beginning of the process is the same, but we keep more than 30% of the wine in a specific oak barrels, not a common oak barrels, because we, we booked oak barrels in Austria in a company whose name is Stockinger. Stockinger, they supply oak for great white burgundy, great Alsace wine, uh, white wine, and great wine from Germany, from Rhine Valley. Because the oak is like a fresh oak. It means the oak is in, in, for your wine, it's just to structure the wine, not to smell oak. So you have oak, so you can, you can smell it, but it's very light and it permits just to give the structure to the wine. And it, with, with this process, we create nine for six, five years ago. I can say it's a great success today because nine for six, it's always, I know in United States, you like when we speak Big, uh, not in bottle, but in cases. So it's uh, 800 cases. Yes. Oh, small production then. Very small production, just uh, for our customer an allo- allocation. Only an uh, allocation. Then, only on allocation. Just to give you an idea, we allocate for US markets for the first year, 50 cases of 12. Just to give you an idea, 946 today, you can find mm-hmm. in France to two or three stars Michelin. And uh, two weeks ago, Air France, the French company, decided to serve, uh, to propose 946 to the first class. So it means uh, oh. the first time they will serve a rosé with a great chef uh, in the plane. You know, it's a specific uh, beautiful uh, food. And they will serve a 946 uh, with maybe Dom Pérignon or Chateau Lafitte. It's, for us, it's really a great success. And in, in, the, in the French... Uh, uh, not newspaper, but magazine around wine. Uh, journalists say that 946, it's uh, really the, the rosé for gastronomy. You can use 946 for complete dinner or lunch uh, with a lot of food, uh, and it's specific to the St. Victor Valley. Terrific. Well, let's taste some wine. So tell me a little bit about the Esprit Gassé. So Esprit Gassé, Esprit Gassier, sorry. We blend the three most important grapes as we spoke. It's uh, Shiraz, Gonache, and saint for this wine, we, we are a team of phenologists. We buy grapes in the San Victor Valley. As we said, as I said, we try to do the entry level. Uh, so it's not a low price. It's entry level. It means how to understand the gaseous spirit in one bottle. With this bottle, we try to convince people to come in Provence, in the Provence category, and to discover after other Provence like Saint Victor. So it means uh, spirit of Saint Victor because you have in your mouth a lot of structure, well balanced, roundness, but easy to drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lovely fruit, great, great body. The wine will be av- available is available in a bottle, Magnum. Long finish, huh? Yes, keeps going. It's really typical from the Saint Victor Valley. The, the difference when I said because it's easy to say, every producer, each producer will say his wine is the best, you know. But it's normal. It's human. But when you drink Saint Victor wine, the difference is the structure of the wine. You have a lot of Provence rosé who come from near the sea. It's very, very good, very expressive at the beginning. But during the summer, the wine begins to change, you know, because there is pale color, but there is no structure. Or wine, Le Pas du Moine on 946, just to give you an example about 946. We had a tasting uh, one month ago, one month and a half with uh, Paolo Basso, who was the uh, best sommelier of the world 2013. 
it's a Swiss guy, mm -hmm. and we taste uh, 946 2012, 13, 14, 15, like a great red wine, you know. The colors are very consistent throughout, too. It's yes, green it, color. It's very important, and it's all all the difficulties to produce a rosé because when people say, "Oh, rosé, yes, rosé," <laughs> you know, it's very easy. Yes, but to produce a rosé, you have to keep a very pale pink color if you want to have success. If you want, if you propose a very dark rosé, nobody wants. Nobody, nobody, nobody asks for rosé. But if you have a very pale color, sometimes you have no wine, you know, because you, you, you need to keep maceration in the press machine between the skin and the juice. So it's an, always a balance between both color and juice and uh, structure. Before we taste the uh, Le Pot uh tell me about the shape of the bottle. Very unusual, kind of like a bowling pin. It's a new bottle from for this vintage. Last year, it was a borderless bottle, and we decided to change because if you want to do the difference for the exportation, not for France. For France, it's different because for France, you have only French wine in France. <laughs> it's easy to understand why. If you want to do the difference on the export market, not only in US, if you propose a wine, a borderless bottle for Provence, you have a risk in the shelf to have borderless from Chile, borderless from Spain, borderless bottle from Italy, borderless from Provence. So nobody knows which area is it. If you want to do the difference with a specific bottle like that, people recognize immediately the shape of Provence. The shape of Provence is always very round. Maybe you know the historic bottle whose name is Flute à Corset. You know, uh, a bottle with Corset in French means uh, at the Middle Age, you know, for woman, yeah, yeah. Corset. It's the same. The same. Uh, so it's in the spirit of the Provencal shape to recognize. And the first reason and the second reason, because it's, we think it's beautiful like that, you know, it's very it's feminine or, or, so it's, I think it's a very elegant form. Great. Let's taste wine. So. Shiraz, Grenache, less Saint-Sauce and Esprigacier. We use more Vermontino and maximum 5% Cabernet Sauvignon and 3% of Uni Blanc. Wow, like grapefruit just jumps right out of the glass at you, huh? Although not, not too high in acid, but balanced with a, a, a ni nice body. And what, 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 what does this wine retail for? 25. Uh, a creamier texture on this. The, the lees are definitely yes. uh, a more forward. How long on the lees? Oh, it's, uh, on the list, it's maximum 12, 14 days on the list, maximum. And not only on the list, we blend after. It's not only 100% oak, 100% on the list, we blend after. You know, blending is a, the priority after to keep the quality for all the year. Because uh, the vintage effect is really very important for rosé. With red, if you change your vintage two years after, there is no problem. With rosé, uh, people, they want the new vintage in March, April. Yeah, yeah. So you need to send in January for US. So everything's vinified separately and then blended. Yes, sure. And how, mu how much uh, the Le Pas du Moine is uh, important? Le Pas du Moine, uh, today, our total volume available is 200,000 bottles per year. Okay, good-sized production. Yes. Right, and, and, and the aim is very important to understand that Pas du Moine, uh, we want really to, to place the product. It's because it's 24, 25, it's not a low price. And people need to understand what is it, you know? It's, it's, there is, it's not the same job than for SP. Uh, right. you have to place the product to explain. So the quality is there. The quality is definitely there for the Thank price. You. So tell me about the 946. So 946, as we said uh, before, it's uh, three bases of wine, one from concrete tank, one from stainless steel, and the third one from oak, Austrian oak. Uh, it was bottled, uh, one month ago. So it's very new. This kind of wine, you can keep two or three years. If you accept the color, 
because the color will, uh, with the oxidation, you will have a more orange color in the time if you, if you keep two or three years. But, uh, 946 will be just crazy for June and for the summer. Um, we ask to the, our customer to open the bottle before the tasting or to put the wine in a, in a carafe to oxidate a maximum, to oxygenate maximum the wine because there is really structure. And a good game, it's to, today we know it's rosé, but you can put the Padumon in a dark glass and ask to the people to blind taste. Uh, it's very difficult to say it's a rosé wine. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of like watermelon and um, like orange rind and white flowers. That's very, it's, it's, it's definitely the most elegant of the three wines where, where the Le Padumon was more forward fruit in your face with Great ripping acid, and this wine, the nine four six, super elegant. It's what we look, what we look for, to have a lot, a lot of elegance and a wine very in your mouth. When you have in your mouth, it's just at the center of your mouth. You know, you, there is no like that, like that, like that. It's very sharp. Well, Olivier, thanks for joining me on the show. Um, Thank you. Your, your, your wines for your are time. delicious and interesting, and uh, can't wait to uh, taste them with some friends. Sure. I, I wait, I wait for you in France. If you travel, maybe, uh, I don't know when you, you visit Provence and, uh, you have a, uh, a schedule for that or you have something in your when, schedule? When I come to Provence, you're my first call. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. For John's tasting notes on the wines from this episode, go to www.thehonestpoorpod.com. Make sure you catch every episode by subscribing to The Honest Pour with John Lennart at iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Store. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook at The Honest Pour with John Lennart and follow us on Twitter at The Honest Pour. This has been The Honest Pour with John Lennart. Music by Kevin McLeod. 